we sometimes it feels like we've cornered the market on good news <laughs> and we don't want to corner the market on good news we would love more people to take up the mantle and get it out there the shepherd in the shrink podcast can only happen with your support please go to patreon.com search for the shepherd in the shrink podcast and find all kinds of cool stuff that we have in store for you you can build the heart of a lion with a strong mind and spirit because a lion's natural state is one of safety through courage strength and power hi i'm the shepherd and pastor dr matt hook and i'm the shrink dr marty fletcher this is the show where theology meets psychology or mental health meets spirituality welcome to the shepherd and the shrink podcast Take a look at all 
on. Awesome. And welcome. Let's introduce these folks, Matt. Well, Dave and Christy, it is so good to have you with us. Our pleasure. Great to be here. Oh, I've known these two for a while and they share music and they have quite a story to tell in their songs and with their lives. And the positivity is just infectious, let alone the music. Well, thank you. That's what we're going That's, for. Yeah. So That's what we're going for. <laughs> good feedback. We love it. They aim to please, Matt. You, we need a little more of that in the world these days, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves? All right. My name's Dave Boutet. I'm his wife. I'm Christy Davis. And we live in Dexter, Michigan. We're musicians. We perform around Michigan, a little bit in Ohio. And of course, these days on the internet. Yes. A lot of live streaming. Yes. Plenty From your kitchen. <laughs> From yes. our kitchen. Yeah. In our pajamas many right. times. <laughs> right. Oh, I love it. I love it. I am so glad to welcome you to The Shepherd and the Shrink. And you guys know Marty too, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great podcast. Yeah. Hey, you guys are doing great work. Yeah, thank you. It's fun to get to pitch in a little bit, so to speak. And, you know, there's so much that we can talk about. I am so excited that you'll get to be sharing your music. But a couple things that I wanted to start off with right off the bat, and that is something I think that is a challenge for a lot of us, and that is creativity and courage to share your creativity. Mm. Had you ever thought of it like that? I've never really thought of it as being a courageous thing, more as like a necessary thing for my own peace of mind. I probably should have considered sometimes being maybe a little more selective or <laughs> maybe, you know, probably shouldn't have to worry about playing the courage card, but more of like, is this right for this situation card? <laughs> Dave's been inspiring to me because I'm a real planner and a preparer, you know, because I don't like to make mistakes. I'm a perfectionist. And he would write a song and then, you know, the next day he'd be ready to go out and play it in public. And we barely workshopped it. You know, he's just like, get it on its feet. I'm excited. I love this. Let's get this out to the people and get this going. So he's taught me a lot about being courageous in that way, just jumping in before it's perfect. I mean, that's how you make it good is you have to get it on its feet because there's only so much you can do performance wise to be perfect. And then you can't get to the next level until you get in front of the people and have an audience rapport, an audience response. So he taught me how to be courageous, more courageous in that regard. That's yeah. for sure. And Christy taught me how to rehearse and be prepared. <laughs> it's, it's a good balance, the discipline and the spontaneity. <laughs> well, and it comes across too. So Christy, did you, I used to see Dave, just Dave, and you would be kind of sitting, if he performed at church or something like that, did you start throwing in just recent, more recently or? I think it was maybe 2015. So it's been going on six years now. But yeah, originally I wasn't part of the group. Well, one thing is if I wanted to see my husband, I needed to join the band because he, you know, musicians are gone a lot. So yeah. good for our marriage that I'm with him. Um, <laughs> but really it was one of our mutual, our friends who's a, a musical colleague of Dave's. And I was just sort of sitting back at a music festival and she said, why don't you come up and sing with us? And that's really how it, it got started because it, it went okay. So <laughs> yeah. Th that certainly wasn't your first gig though. Like talk a little bit about, you know, your performance careers, very interesting and your book. Oh, sure. No, it wasn't my first gig. I actually, I call myself, well, I did before this for sure, a professional dancer first. Dancing was my best skill. Singing was next. Acting's not that great. So double threat. Uh, 
<laughs> so I spent, I don't know, about 12 years, my 20s and 30s performing professionally around the country and the world. Actually, I did a lot of musical theater and musical reviews and ended my career with seven years and about 1200 shows and about 240,000 kicks as a radio city rockette. That's legit. <laughs> <laughs> this is easier. I'll say that. <laughs> no wonder you want to be precise. That yes, dancing see? is just incredible. It's ingrained. Yeah. And don't make a mistake, David. She knows how to kick. Oh, right. sure. Yeah, I know that. Play in time. A shoe collection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Dave and I actually, we've been performing together since 10th grade. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, yeah. We were in a musical together in Carousel at Edsel Ford oh. High School way back in the day. In Dearborn, Michigan. Yep. If I loved you. <laughs> <laughs> that is fabulous. Yeah, we go back. We go back a ways. Mm -hmm. What would you say right off the bat? What would you say? And then maybe it's time for another song. What would you say to somebody when it comes to literally putting yourself out there? Because whether it's precision or whether it's a laid back approach, something clicked for you guys that said, I got to share this. I've got to share what God's given me. I've got to share this message or this song or um, these moves, this inspiration. What advice would you give to people who, for whatever reason, struggle against reluctance? Well, I'll tell you, as far as just having something to say, we have conversations all day long in our lives. We always find something to say in our conversations. We always have feelings we want to express, opinions we want to express, observations we want to make. And our songs are just another avenue for all those things, all those observations, opinions, and feelings, and and things you just want to get across, we just sing them rather than, you know, we don't put them on a poster and tack it to a telephone pole or we don't stand on a podium and, <laughs> and say it out to the people or a soapbox or whatever. There was a few years ago, I got kind of jaded. I was pretty, I kind of got jaded with the whole thing. And I said, I'm through with this. I'm through with the music. Like, I'm just gonna, you know, maybe I'll do stamp collecting or something, but I'm through with this music. And I quit for like three months and I became the most miserable person in the world. I was terrible to be around. And as soon as I started singing again, writing again, performing again, my whole head turned around. So it's an avenue for us to communicate, just as we would send an email or have a chit chat, you know, walking down the sidewalk. This is just a another way for us to get stuff across. And I would say um, in terms of being reluctant, just giving people some kind of inspiration about what to do if you're reluctant to share, I try before we do a performance, I kind of set an intention that the people that hear or witness our show or our performance will be blessed by it and that they will they will leave the performance better off than when they came in. And so Dave and I really kind of set that intention for the show. And often I use your, your thing, Matt, that you do before the sermon. I think take my lips and speak through them, take my thoughts and think through them take my heart and set it on fire with love for you. Unless you speak, Lord, nothing of significance will be spoken. Wow, Bless everyone down. that's hearing this performance and everyone that's not. I kind of set that up and then I kind of let God do the work in terms of how he touches people's lives with it. And I try not to worry about people liking me. I try to just say, you know, I have a gift. I'm super passionate about doing it. I love doing it. It's kind of like those who have the ears to hear, let them hear it. And just let it, you know, you kind of have to surrender it, like, just surrender it. And you know, you did what you needed to do. And if they hear it and they get, get the message, then 
been great. So. Wow. Yeah, that's that's really smart. Because Dave's looking inspired right now. <laughs> um, we deal with people with social anxiety and also, especially public speaking, people fear that actually more than they fear their own death, according to the, the, the literature. And so what you said is really important, which is this, your focus is not on yourself, because that's when we really get anxious, like, I think I'm like me. And then also, also what you said about, you know, can't control so some people, no counting for taste, right? Some people may not like it, but that's not the point. But you focus in on the other people and also, you know, feels good to give. So you got that giver, that generosity in your attitude towards them. And then also you have a ritual there. So that's all really great stuff for people to hear. Yeah, because I'm insecure. I mean, I was super shy as a kid. So it's funny. I think there are performers like that. I've heard of other oh, people yes. that were super shy in person, but they could get on stage and, and perform. And it seems like it shouldn't be that way, right? Because it's yeah. weird. But you know what, though, people are smart. And so they, they something in them says, look, I need exposure therapy. Now, they wouldn't call it exposure yeah, therapy. Yeah. But like, okay, <laughs> I, if I run from the fear, it's going to grow. So what mm -hmm. I'm going to do is I'm going to go and, and confront it. So that's, I think, what Matt's talking about with courage. You know, you, you hadn't thought about his courage, but that would be a courageous act. Yes. And usually you live through it, whether you get minimal applause, no applause, no one shows up, or you get great applause. You usually you survive it. You learn how to bomb. We are so good. Yeah, we've done great. Well, Matt, you want to have him play another one? Play another song. A couple of years ago, I was given a songwriting assignment, and the assignment was to have a, a song based on the word gravity. I was afraid that I was going to give the world something really heavy <laughs> and felt like a burlap bag on your shoulders. I fought that instinct and came up with this. Ready? Yeah. 
I love it. It's so contagious. <laughs> yeah. Oh, joy, man. It's just joy. It is. It is. Hey, I don't know if it was Aldous Huxley who said that which comes next to expressing the inexpressible is music. <laughs> oh, I like that. That's fantastic. Right. After silence, that which comes nearest to expressing the inexpressible is music. Mm. And I did a quick word search in the Bible. Do you know that music is mentioned in Genesis chapter four? Whoa. Genesis really chapter not. three is where Adam and Eve are still in the garden. And, and obviously they fell. They took the one out they had from their relationship with God and they fell. And through the generations in, in Genesis chapter four, it talks about the man named Jubal who played an instrument, well, they call it an organ, but it wasn't like an organ, like a harp. And to me, I think it's just a guitar. But it's mentioned in Genesis chapter four, and singing goes on all the way until the end of the book of Revelation. In the new Jerusalem, the new kingdom, God's eternal reign, music is a big part of it. The word music is mentioned 90 times in the 66 ancient documents that we call scripture. The word sing and singing is mentioned 142 times in these sacred, these sacred writings that we have. The, the use of the word instruments for praising God is 70 different times. It mentions a lyre, it mentions a harp, it's stringed instruments. So you guys are onto something, I say. Mm -hmm. I feel validated. Yeah. <laughs> what a relief. <laughs> I use the word definition of spirituality to me means connectedness, just generally connectedness. So sometimes you're with somebody and there's a connection. It's like a spiritual thing, whether it's a conversation or just being together, you can feel spiritual when you're out in nature looking at a, a starry night. You can feel spiritual when you hear something, you know, you're moved by the beauty of the flowers this spring. That's spirituality. Christian spirituality would be connectedness with God, you know, shown in, in Jesus kind of a thing. But I, my question for you in the whole process of having a nugget or having a kernel or having a hook, as I at least thought that's what they call it in songwriting circles, that you build an idea around, when do you feel most connected? When do you feel the, the spiritual thing? Is it when you're writing? Is it when you're working, when you're weaving it together, when you're arranging, when you're singing it to people? Most of that connection has come through really surprising connections with people. Like when it just comes out of nowhere, when we play a show and we have friends in the audience, we've sort of, we've done enough where that we can almost say, Hey, that's almost like a given. But when you reach out and affect somebody that's a total stranger, that's creating something that wasn't there before. Something is created that wasn't there before. And yeah, like, you know, if your sister shows up at your show, you've got connection, you've got She's history. obligated. <laughs> yeah, so, if, but if like six complete strangers show up and you connect with them and they're moving their hands and they're moving their toes or they're singing along and then afterwards you have a, a conversation with them, that is something that didn't exist the day before or even the afternoon before. And that's when I really am very grateful and I send up all kinds of thanks because that is a major portion of what I'm looking for in this whole process. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, building community. Dave and I have a, a great intention regarding building community. And then, and we, we had that before the pandemic, but once we went into lockdown just over a year ago, we had a real intention of trying to help people not feel so socially isolated. So we started this live stream we call The Breakfast Club. 
And then sometimes it had to be the cocktail club because Dave had to work during the day. But when we could do the breakfast club, we did. And we had a pretty regular following that would join in online. And we were so moved by the connections that people made not only with us, but with each other. That was huge for us just to, to come together as one and not be isolated. And we even a week ago, just over a week ago, were able to have a select group of the Breakfast Club over to our backyard for a live concert where they could actually meet each other in person because they had met each other in the comments. That was pretty magical, you know, to feel that oneness. And then I also feel very spiritually connected when we play with a lot of other musicians and we're on stage and we're all contributing to this creative, what, what, do you, what would you call it? Masterpiece together, you know, like we're creating something together. I think that is so, so magical. That's, a, that's what I'm hoping church is like for us. Yeah. I think you got it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you do it great. Down. Mm -hmm. Tell us something about the psychology of music, Marty. Yeah, you know, that's a good question. So there is music therapy and it has, you know, we kind of knew intuitively that we could feel differently when we listen to music. Well, there are techniques now and people who are, are trained to do that. And there's some amazing things on the internet if you want to see it. Like, for instance, this catatonic, you'll see catatonic people. You can look at this today. You can just look, look for it. And what that means is that someone is basically kind of a shell of themselves. They're not responding to stimuli. They basically look like they're frozen. And you watch, it's brought tears to my eyes. You watch this man, this elderly man, and, you know, he hadn't spoken or moved in, in so long. And then the music comes up and then you see him start to sing with it a little bit. And he started talking right he started talking he started oh and then you know asked him what he liked and things like that it was just amazing now there's no medication that we know that can do that right that was music that's awesome you know i play at memory care facility nearby once a month for about the last 14 years and i play music from the 20s 30s and 40s and 50s pre-rock kind of jazz stuff and sing and the people who work there day in and day out say there's some people who don't speak all month long, but because I'm playing, I don't know why, or Jeepers Creepers, or Ancient Jeepers Creepers. That, yeah, that's the only time that they'll speak is that once a month. So there really is something to that with our brains. Hey, I would love to hear another song. Yes. Oh, okay. Just could not unload. I are dropping hints like bowling balls, but they just won't hit the road. Love is kind of like that. In fact, that's what it is. Love don't budge when it gets real late, even with a good night kiss. Oh, now love won't go away if you want it to or not. It messes up your kitchen It's got feet up on the couch Everybody knows No matter what you do 
better make some room. You can hide away your chocolates, your sweets and petty fours. Oh, keep a lid on anything you might have lost before. Tie your heart down tight, oh, try to get love to scram. Leave that thing wide open, and love's gonna set up camp. Oh, now love won't go away, if you want it to or not. Hey, it messes up your kitchen, it's got feet up on the couch. Everybody knows, no matter what you do, love won't go away. So you better make some room. You can drive it to the airport. You can put it on a plane. Ooh, watch it get up on a bus. Wipe a tear and weave. Oh, but when you finally get home, start cleaning up the mess. Someone's coming through your door, bringing back your guests. Our oh, love won't go away if you want it to right now. Hey, it messes up your kitchen. It's got feet up on the couch. Everybody knows that no matter what you do, love won't go away. So you better make some room. I love it. I love the humor of, of just your expressions and your phrases. It's so good. Share with us just for some fun name dropping as a dancer, as a performer, as an entertainer, who are some of your favorite celebrities that you ever got to work with? Well, you know, only people that are probably my generation and older would know any of them now, but I loved working with Buddy Ebsen, who is Jed Clampett on the Beverly Hillbillies. Great dancer, too. He was a great dancer. He was a vaudeville performer. He was a real triple threat. You know, he could sing and act and dance and he could paint, actually, too. He did actually did an art show in his 80s of his paintings. I have a Christmas card with one of his paintings on it. It was really fun because my audition was at his house. So there were just two of us that did a show with him in Branson, Missouri. He wanted to do his own one man show. And yeah, I had to go to his house for my audition. So that was pretty crazy. I ended up his wife, it was his birthday and his wife made, was German and she made us German food. And I thought, what has happened to me? This is surreal, but it, he was super nice and fun. And Christy, did you, did you get to see the cement pond? <laughs> From the Beverly Hillbillies? Yes. <laughs> he probably had a real nice pool out back. I didn't go behind his house, but he had the big grand staircase, you know, and it was pretty neat. Oh, cool. Who else do I? Well, Maurice Hines, some people would know him. He was a very famous tap dancer with his brother, Gregory Hines, an old hoofer and jazz singer. And he was in our show with the Rockettes in Las Vegas. And that was pretty exciting. And his brother, Gregory, came to the show, which was really cool. He was in the audience and he's passed away now. But Maurice is still doing, still performing in his 70s, which is pretty wow. awesome. 
Dave likes Susan Anton. Yeah. Dave was excited that I performed with Susan Anton because he had a poster of her on his yeah. wall when he was <laughs> growing up. So that was kind of exciting. That's cool. Well, I mean, I, I performed on, in the Summit of the Americas, it was called, this trade summit between North and South America. And we met in Miami and all the leaders from North and South America were there. So we performed for President Clinton and his wife, Hillary Clinton at the time, and all these famous people. And I got to meet Liza Minnelli. That was cool. It's hard. I don't have them fresh in my head, but those right, are some. Right. We're putting you on the spot in all kinds of ways. <laughs> I have, uh, two questions. One is... How would people find out more about your music? Because you've got a lot of albums out. Oh, well, yeah, we have notes for that. We actually have notes for that. So we say it correctly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, Dave's website, which I'm a part of too, but DaveBoutet.net. Yes, because it rhymes. Mm -hmm. You have to know how to spell Boutet. B-O-U-T-E-T-T-E. DaveBoutet.net. That's mm -hmm. the website. Spotify, you can search Dave and Christy. K-R-I-S-T-I. And you'll get our new CD. But if you search Dave Boutet, you'll get all his previous CDs. Yeah. And one that I'm on. Yeah. <laughs> now that you're officially in the band. That's right. He finally let you in. Yeah. <laughs> Smartest thing I ever did. Or you can go to Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave.Boutet. And you can watch our live streams whenever they come up or yeah. reruns of them. You can join the club. You can join the breakfast club. Yeah. Spell Boutet one more time because that's a all part. right. It's B as in boy. O-U-T-E-T-T-E. -T -T -E. Cool. Sounds like I'm talking to Verizon or something. Right. There's only one other Dave Boutet in North America, right? Uh, there's two. Oh. Actually, yeah. One is a Catholic priest in Toronto and one works with a university marching band in Winnipeg. <laughs> Quite a combo. And you. And then Christy, you have a book about your experience in showbiz that I read last summer and I loved it. Well, thank you for reading it, first of all. I'm always honored when anybody picks it up and reads it. Yes, I wrote a book called Long Legs and Tall Tales. And Dave actually thought of that title. And we did, we did a survey with a bunch of people and a lot of titles in that one. So Long Legs and Tall Tales, T-A-L-E-S. You can look on amazon.com or smashwords.com if you want any kind of digital copy. And yeah, I, after I, re I retired from the Rockettes in 2002, I believe, I had two kids at the time and I was really grieving my, my dance career was really over because dancers have a short lifespan as many athletes do. And I wrote down my adventures so I wouldn't forget them because I thought they were really funny. To, well, to me, they were funny and interesting and not everybody gets to see what happens backstage or... <laughs> What it's really like, you know? Yeah. Is is it all glamour like it looks on stage? Yes. No. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Absolutely. All glamour. Yeah. The, the life of a dancer is very challenging. It's challenging financially. It's challenging physically. You have to be able to go wherever the work is. Leave at literally at the drop of a hat. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is that even right? Literally. At Literally at the top of a hat. Yes. Yeah. You have to go where the work is and follow the gigs and you're going from gig to gig to gig to gig. So you, you do have to be pretty thick skinned or not that smart to do it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you are a very witty writer. Oh, thank you. And, and your little running commentary about everything as you were going through it just cracked me up. <laughs> Well, thanks for having my sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. That's for sure. Yeah. Hey, listen, this has been so much fun. Yes. And 
it's just good medicine. Mm -hmm. It really, really is. We heartily agree. Yes, when we're down, because it's been a challenging year for us in many ways, as it has been for many people, the music has really kept us going. Mm -hmm. Keeps, it changes our mindset, too, to play and perform. So I have a question about music. It's so impactful, and we already talked about that. And I know it comes to different centers of our brains, but music can also not be helpful depending on the lyrics, depending on the focus. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. You know what I'm oh. saying? Yes. Yeah. Well, we've uh, we've tried to stay out of that milieu and uh, <laughs> yeah. try to give the positive message as much as we can, because there's you know as we're all well aware, there's no shortage of bad news out there. There's mm -hmm. no shortage of it, and there's no shortage of songwriters. Bless their heart, they will write songs to talk about how bad things are. It seems as though the tack we're taking. Sometimes it feels like we've cornered the market on good news, and we don't want to corner the market on good news. We would love more people to take up the mantle and get it out there. I mean, Dave is the songwriter of the group, and luckily this is the way he writes, but we, we have a real intention of the lyrics and the music making people have a higher perspective on what's happening. And we want it to be transformative. So if they you know, if they have that negative mindset and they think they can't get through the day and things can't get better, that something in the songs that we perform and the songs Dave writes tells them otherwise. Mm -hmm. Lighthearted does not mean lightweight. Exactly. Yeah. Hopefully, Although yeah, it gets, the critics would say that, but I completely agree with you. I disagree with the critics. Lighthearted is its own incredible and deep niche, I would say. Marty, you were going to say something. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, the, the timing's <laughs> messed up and I was going to attempt a joke, but. Well, oh, shoot, I ruined okay. it. I have to tell you, there was a, a show that I did pre-Christy in, in East Lansing, and it was three songwriters in a row, myself and two others, and the two others were specialists in murder ballads. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, so it, murder ballads, and so it was all these just horrific stories. And I felt to achieve balance, you know, cause that's what we're after a lot of times is balance, the sweet and the salty and everything. I had to bring out the lighthearted stuff. And initially I felt a little self-conscious about it, but then I thought, no, this is my flag and I'm flying this flag. Yeah. People may not know that that's an actual genre though. Like uh, we're, we're hillbillies, my family on both sides. So I heard a lot of those growing oh, up, sure, like sure. moving oh, brothers and stuff like that. That's an actual yeah. thing that people may not know. Oh, sure. Uh, it was rough. It was rough, but I, I don't know that I prevailed, but I did at least achieve some amount of balance. For the <laughs> awesome. You are going to play another song though, right? Yeah, I would think it would be a great Is there anything else that you want to cover? Because I think this is just, this has been great. Same here. It's been really fun. This yeah. is kind of our, we, we often use this as our finale song, the message that we want to leave people with. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because if there is a way you want the world to be, oftentimes you have to put in a little extra to get the world the way you want it to be. You, you can't really just sit on a couch and wish it to happen. You might have to put in a little couple extra hours to make the, the world the reality that you want to see. This is called, it's going to be all right. All right, so. It's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. But we're going to have to work. That's the end of the day. We may be tired, we may be blue. Remember this. Well, everybody's got a cross to bear. Everybody's got something to share. Just put it on the table and stick a spoon in it. And if it needs a little salt, well, you add a little salt. That, that didn't take too long, now did it? It's not the task 
that is so tough It's the willingness that's rough To muster when you feel you have been cheating Everything gonna be okay All along the big buffet If we all do just what is needed It's gonna be alright It's gonna be okay But we're gonna have to work That's the end of the day We may be tired Maybe through And for this We're gonna get through all Talking with a fella who lived under an umbrella, and he said, Hope is the only thing left to fail. Yeah, he said, Dry, it's true. But the sun had never got through, and come to think of it, he looked a little pale. So while your shoes are drying, don't give up on the trying. It's the only way we're gonna turn the tide. You've been around long enough here to get this kind of stuff. Well, hope needs a little something alongside. It's gonna be alright. It's gonna be okay, but we're gonna have to work. That's the end of the day. Maybe tired, maybe blue. Remember this: we're gonna get through. It's gonna be alright. It's gonna be okay, but we gotta work. That's the end of the day. Maybe tired, maybe blue. But remember this. Yes. <laughs> you guys, this is so much fun. It's so good. You know, one word that I would give to people who get to be a part of our podcast, and some people are coming out of some tough yes. stuff and some dark places and facing some big challenges. And I love that message for it. And here's something that came to me just as you were starting the last song, and it's this. There is something really integrating. There is something really therapeutic about music lessons about trying something, about picking something up, music or dance or movement kind of lessons. And that could be a really good rejuvenating exploration, a safe exploration. There's lots of teachers around in whatever instrument, genre, kind of artistic endeavor you want. And for some of us, we have not taken a lesson in something in decades. Well, Matt, funny you said that because I just picked up the ukulele. There was a fan of Dave's who wanted to learn the ukulele. So she asked Dave to teach him. And then her boyfriend jumped in and I jumped in. And then some uh, his her boyfriend's brother and, and wife in Seattle jumped in. So there were, what is that, five of us on Zoom. And Dave would teach every Sunday night on Zoom. And we're learning the ukulele together. And it has been so good for me because I realized like, it just helps when I get a lot of anxiety and my, it helps to have my fingers stay busy. <laughs> you know, like when I'm nervous or whatever, I just pick up the ukulele and I practice a song and put it down and I feel better and I can go back to work or whatever. But you're right. I think that's an, that's a really great thing to pick up. A good response to this podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Marty, parting shots. Uh, I just want to say thank you so much for accepting the invitation. I, I really enjoyed this a lot and it's going to bless a lot of people. Oh, I'm glad. Thank you. I can't oh, wait to catch good. up on all the podcasts I haven't heard yet. There's some good stuff out there. There really, really is. This was all Marty's idea, you know, the shepherd and the shrink, including the name of our podcast, which is one of the best things we have going for it. 
I can't wait to get a coffee mug from it. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's, it'll be on the way. Oh, All that's right. great. <laughs> Listen, why don't I pray us out yes. of here? Right. Lord, I thank you so much for the gift of music. I thank you so much for Dave and Christy and for their lives and for their courage, even though Dave doesn't feel like it's courage and for their creativity, for just the great unique perspective that they not only have, but that they share with the rest of us. Pray that you would bless them, bless their music, bless their ministry, bless their lives. Lord, I thank you so much for the opportunities that you've given us and for the joy that is available. Even in the midst of the bad, there's good to be had. Thanks for music and for the gift of music that it is. And just ask, Lord, that you would help us experience joy and not just on the receiving end, but on the giving end. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 The Shepherd in the Shrink podcast can only happen with your support. Please go to patreon.com, search for the Shepherd in the Shrink podcast and find all kinds of cool stuff that we have in store for you. Thanks for listening to the Shepherd in the Shrink podcast. You can check out the show notes from this episode, get free resources, discover more about our work, and all the ways to subscribe so you never miss an episode of the show. Head over to drmartinfletcher.com.